welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and today I'm going to talk to you about turning 30 and becoming an emotional adult. This podcast episode did not want to be recorded, so I don't know if you've noticed, but I usually dive straight into my topic when I record the podcast because I don't love giving too much background information but I did think that this story was worth telling you. You probably know from my Instagram if you follow me or my previous podcast episodes that I'm currently doing a remote working trip and I am now in Costa Rica and I'm bringing my microphone equipment with me and just recording and hoping and praying for the best that I can find a room that is quiet enough in order to bring you reasonable sound and I've had this episode planned for about 10 days and every single time I've tried to record it something has happened so the first time was in the last place I was staying it was a hotel and the room was really fine and I set everything up And then the newborn baby who had just moved into the room next door would not stop crying. So I stopped recording. And then the next day I tried again. And in the middle of recording it, there was really loud construction. The place where I'm staying is being uh, really built up and there's loads of construction work just outside on on the main road. And I had to stop. It was okay, third time lucky. So I thought I'll wait till I move to my new place. I'm now in this amazing house uh, quite far away from all of the action. So it's super quiet and I've got a really nice room. And I started to record it again two days ago. And what happened? There was a power cut right in the middle of recording it. And because of the power cut, all the electricity went out and the air con (laughs) turned off the air conditioning in my room and I thought okay just power through it's fine but it was the middle of the day and I just couldn't carry on speaking I had to leave I had to go outside and to get some cool air and then I started to record it again yesterday and there was a lizard in my room that kept making really loud noises I was going to do an impression of what he sounded like but I think that would be a little bit embarrassing so In the end, I said to myself, it's just not meant to be. So this is the fifth time I'm trying to record this. There probably will be an interruption. There's going to be noise. There keeps being the sounds of quad bikes or ATVs for you non-British people that keep going past the window of my room. And you're going to hear them. And you know what? It's going to be okay because I'm a huge, huge, huge believer in putting out work even if it's not perfect and A plus and it's something that I've worked on a lot myself over the years to just get things done. So even if we have an interruption, that's it. I'm going for it. If it's not going to be recorded now, it's never going to be recorded. And it's a really important topic. So let's dive in. And if you would have caught last week's episode on how to rewrite your 30 manuals, you'll know that this is a special series of podcast episodes where I'm doing solo episodes bringing to you insights into coaching concepts and theories that I have developed as part of my Turning 30 coaching program. And if you've not listened to the 30 manuals one, I highly recommend it. It's a really good episode to kick off getting and diving into 
coaching skills if you've never been coached before or it's something you're interested in. And this topic is another big game changer. Whilst I'm recording these topics, I really recommend that you take the practical tools and suggestions from here and actually go and use them to coach yourself. I do have my coaching program and I'm going to speak a little bit more about that later. But the fun thing about coaching is that you can do self-coaching. So you can take some of these suggestions and journal prompts and questions that I ask and actually ask them to yourself. You can write them down, you can journal on them, you can write them in your phone notes as you're listening, whatever you want. I just really suggest that if any of these things resonate with you, then you go and do some work on it and let me know the outcome. Let me know if any of these concepts that I'm teaching you are benefiting you and if you're seeing any results from them. So when I talk about emotional adulthood, you might be thinking that I'm going to do an episode talking about how to grow up and become an adult because now you're in your late 20s or already in your 30s that it's really important that you start to do adult things. And actually, this is not what this concept is about at all because I'm really not talking about the part of growing up where we have more responsibilities or we have to get a more serious job or invest in property or anything like this. It's important to acknowledge that emotional adulthood is actually something that does not correlate at all with age. And there are many people who are in their 30s, 40s and beyond who are still emotionally immature or in emotional childhood. And just because you grow up in age doesn't actually mean that you automatically become an emotional adult. To describe really what emotional adulthood is, it's important to first explain what emotional childhood is. And the most simple definition is that when you are living as an emotional child, you don't take responsibility for how you feel. You don't have an understanding of the fact that you can control what you think and therefore you can control the emotions that you feel and therefore how you behave and how you show up in the world. And because you don't have that basic understanding that you can change your thoughts and control your response, that often comes out in blaming people. So you either blame other people or you blame your circumstances for your results. And this is something I see a lot in myself, firstly, and I see in friends and family members and also now in clients. And I see it specifically in, well, in lots of different ways, but I think it's really important to look at the two main areas where I see it because these are the two main areas that I coach on and the reason that people reach out to me because they want help in these areas of life. So that's, I see it mostly with people in their careers and also in their relationships with their romantic partners. So let's just take partnership first and break down how emotional childhood can look. So it's really rife with partnerships to be acting in emotional childhood. So we delegate our happiness to our partners and we expect our partners to make us happy. We expect them to give us our happiness. And this really comes out, I would say a really big symptom of emotional childhood is that we try to control other people. And this is in reference to the 30 manuals 
uh, episode that I spoke about last week because really what we're trying to do is we're trying to get them to fit into our manuals. So the manuals are our instruction guides for how we believe they should behave. And we try to control them, not because we really care how they act, but it's because we think that what they do will ultimately determine how we feel. And we think this way because we're socially conditioned to think this way. Think back to when you were younger and probably your parents used to say to you, did he hurt your feelings or did she hurt your feelings? Even that turn of phrase is something that we've been brought up to believe is a concept that somebody else can do something that can hurt your feelings so they have an impact directly on how you feel. When really, whatever anybody does is actually independent from the effect that it has on you. It's your thought about what that person did or does that hurts your feelings. I'll give an example. Somebody can say a sentence to you. Your partner can say a sentence to you that can really hurt you. And it feels like they have actively gone out to hurt your feelings. For example, they could say, you know, something along the lines of, they can criticize you, you know, you didn't do that good enough. You didn't, the food that you cooked for dinner just wasn't tasty. And we think and probably respond and we act in that moment and say, how dare you hurt my feelings? How dare you come out and say something like that? You've really upset me. But really, they've not upset you. The sentence that they've said is a neutral circumstance, but the way that you think about that sentence has upset you. Your thought about what they said has upset you. Because that's the truth. We always have the choice to interpret a neutral circumstance, such as words that other people say, in whichever way we want. And other people's behavior is always neutral. We just get to decide how we want to take it and how we want to think about it. This is a difficult concept to get your head around when you've never learned it before. But now you can see that most of the time we live on autopilot. So we constantly make assumptions and these thoughts that we have when people do things that trigger us just are completely reflexive. But we don't realize and understand that we have the option to make a decision to really react or to think something else in that specific moment. When we delegate our happiness to outside of ourselves, we lose our power to change. We lose our power to take control of our situation and our behavior by just delegating somebody else's behavior as a direct influence on us. Emotional adulthood is when we realize that this is possible, that change is possible by changing our thoughts and we start acting from a place that we are the ones taking control. Another example, let's move on to talk about careers and I'll give a personal example here. In my career story, the narrative that I tell myself or have I was telling myself for most of my 20s was very much blaming the circumstance for what had happened to me up until that point. And what I used to say was, I'm just not lucky. It's just everyone else's fault that my career isn't panning out. I didn't get dealt the luck card with my career. 
I'm having to pivot from thing to thing. I didn't pick the right career because I was peer pressured into doing law. My family thought that was the best option for me. So they really pushed me to do it. I never had the right guidance of what I wanted to do. I went to a school that really pushed me to be academic and not do things outside of that. I really, you know, my parents never gave me a hobby. So I wasn't creative, all of these things, right? And you can see when I'm saying all of this, I'm basically relinquishing any responsibility of the decisions that I've made and I used to tell myself this all the time I would say oh, I've been sucked into this career in law and now I don't want to do it I'm a wanderer I have no career path I'm going to go back to square one I've got to get an, a new job with a lower paying salary and at some point when I started doing this thought work something just clicked and I just realized that why am I telling myself this story it's just a story that my brain was looking to to comfort itself and I was just in emotional childhood and all of a sudden I understood that a big part of becoming an emotional adult was taking responsibility for all of my past decisions and to break down this story and tell myself a new one because I wasn't this poor girl who was the victim of her circumstances I'd actively chosen to do law and then actively chosen not to carry on being a lawyer I was the controller of my results. So when I decided each time to switch careers and keep searching for the job that would fulfill me, that was because I was understanding and trying to find something in alignment with what I wanted. And what was the point of blaming the circumstance? Although there is some truth, and that always is that we're influenced by the circumstances, we're influenced by others around us, we're influenced by things that people say and things that people do, we cannot blame anyone else for the decisions that we make and I could never blame anybody for the path that I've chosen in my career and once I switched into this mindset of an emotional adulthood I felt so empowered and that feeling of being empowered and taking control made me feel way more confident and then I could go out and make my future life decisions driven by empowerment and confidence instead of blame and resentment. Emotional adulthood is when we give up on victim mentality. The biggest indicator for me that people are in emotional childhood is when they play the victim. So this is when we believe that we're in the hands of something or someone else and we live in the disempowered place where you don't have any control over your emotional life. If I could define emotional adulthood in short, it would be understanding that you can control your results and the way your life looks by understanding that you can control your thoughts and you can take responsibility. Switching out a victim mentality is when we wake up from being on autopilot where we believe that life is happening to us and we start to practice the belief that life is happening for us. And one of my all-time favorite quotes is from Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl who wrote a book about his time in the concentration camp in Auschwitz. His book is called A Man's Search for Meaning and I really recommend going to read it. And in his story, he tells his life in Auschwitz and how he was subjected to some of the most degrading and inhumane circumstances in history and he survived. And he writes about his experience and what it taught him about life and being a human. And the quote that I love, and I think really summarizes what being in emotional adulthood is all about, is between stimulus and response, there is a space. 
And in that space is our power to choose our responses. In our response lies our growth and freedom. I just seriously love that quote because if you can practice living in that space that Viktor Frankl talks about between when somebody says something or something happens to you and just pause for a minute and decide how to respond, you start to live a very different life. And this is the exact work that I teach as part of the Turning 30 coaching program. So in the program, all of the concepts that I teach will mean that you leave the program in a state of emotional adulthood. The program itself helps you to grow up emotionally. And that's not to say that that's it, you're an emotional adult and you're never going to act immaturely or act on autopilot or respond in a way that didn't serve you in life. I also don't always act like an emotional adult. Let's be honest, we're all humans, but it's going to put you in a state of awareness of just understanding that you can act as an emotional adult as you want. And when you start to learn the concepts, you just see how quickly the new behaviors and the new outlook on life starts to come. And actually for a lot of people who come to me to be coached, they really kick off this new mentality of taking responsibility and entering into emotional adulthood simply just by signing up for the program. Because in a way, signing up for something that is an investment in your personal development and that is focusing on your mental health is actually itself a symbol for saying, okay, I'm responsible for my outcomes and I'm willing to put the time, the energy and the money on the line to prove it because that's the epitome of taking responsibility. It's it's just stopping waiting around for someone or something else to change and you stepping up to get ready to change yourself. One of my clients who finished the program, she wrote in her end of coaching questionnaire something really nice that I just wanted to share. So this particular client, she really came to me and had said that even though she was 29 and that she looked like a grown-up on the outside, that she still felt emotionally immature. So I explained and taught her this concept and we started to really practice it in our work together. So in the end of coaching questionnaire, I asked which concept that we coached on do you think has most affected the progress that you have made? And she wrote, Emotional childhood and adulthood was incredibly eye-opening. I am so aware of this now, of how guilty I was of it before and also spotting when I still fall into this way of thinking. I love the idea of taking responsibility for your personal circumstances and happiness. Whilst in some ways it can be challenging to accept that the things you don't like about your life were not simply the world conspiring against you, it's also so much more empowering to know you can actually do something about it. Finally, I'm going to leave you with some homework. So some journal prompts, you can do these now, you can do them later, you can jot down the questions and answer them later on. And these are just to really get you thinking about when you've been living in emotional adulthood. So ask yourself these questions. What are the areas in your life that you are living in emotional childhood? What areas of your life do you delegate your responsibility over to somebody else? What areas of your life are you not admitting that you have control over? 
And what stories have you been telling yourself about being in your 30s and being at this point in your life where you've been blaming other people, other circumstances for what's going on? The last piece of homework is to practice being in emotional adulthood. So at some point this week, when you have the chance to respond in a way that you usually would, take a deep breath, pause, think how you want to respond, and then respond. This new way of thinking can be completely game-changing, and I can tell you from personal experience and just looking back and how I used to approach my life and how I used to respond to others and how I used to think about myself and my story when I was in emotional childhood, I just wish I would have learned these concepts sooner and started practicing them because the results that you get when you get out of victim mode and victim mentality is really just so amazing. And the minute, really genuinely, the minute that I started practicing being an emotional adult, my entire life changed. I stepped up, I started making different decisions and then people started responding differently to me and my life just looked completely different. And that's why it's my mission to share these concepts with you and to encourage you to go and practice them so that you can make the same changes as well. From next week, I am officially opening the doors to my group coaching program and one spot's already been taken, which means there are only five spots left. I'm super excited about what we're going to do in the program. We're going to take all of these concepts that I'm teaching you in these podcast episodes, and we're going to dig even deeper. And it's going to be a crazy amount of teaching and group coaching, including some one-on-one time with me also, and a chance to really meet other people who are going through exactly the same thing. Because turning 30 and feeling stuck or feeling behind can just really be such a lonely place. And that's why it's my prerogative now to bring people together and help you to understand and realize that it's not just you and there is a way out and your life can look really different. For more information on how to apply, there's a link in the podcast description that you can follow and you can send a request for the form when it opens up next week or you can DM me on Instagram and we can chat there. I'm really excited about my group program and I can't wait to meet you all in it when it starts in March. So go and do the homework, send me your feedback. I'd love to hear how you find your first week being in emotional adulthood and I will see you on the podcast next week.